The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are gearing up. The shows are about to start coming fast and furious. We are, what is it? Today is Thursday, so we're Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're four days away from having Grizzlies basketball. Training camp is in full swing. Uh, watching Evan Barnes on Twitter this morning, and you know he's got videos. Jaws getting out there with the media, recording, <laughs> said he's going to post it on his Twitter, having a little bit of fun. So we are about to uh, get ready to go full speed here. Isaac, how's it going, man? Man, good, man. I, I'm I'm excited, man. We're fresh off media day uh, on on Monday. Got some kind of some notes from that. Uh, me and David were both kind of tuned into that. Uh, so man, it's coming up to Tuesday night, man. The Grizzlies. Taking on the Bucks' first preseason game, a lot of new parts, man. A lot of, lot of intrigue, a lot of excitement with this team. And as we saw at media day, these guys seem to be excited to get back going, man. And we're excited to see them back out there on the floor for sure. Hundred percent, man. You know, like you said, a lot of new faces. The core remains basically the same. You've got uh, Kyle, Desmond, Dylan, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones, Conchar, Melton. Ja, Tillman, and Tilly that are all returning from last year. But the guys around them are, you know, a lot of different pieces and a lot of different skill sets from what we had on the roster. It's going to be fun to watch, I think. And let's just jump right into it here. Starting lineup, let's go with that from the top. There have been a couple different uh, starting lineups tossed out there. And I think you and I have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the on the podcast or just uh, you know messaging back and forth. But what, what do you think the starting lineup is going to look like? And that what do you think it's going to be like? And what do you think is going to be the best starting lineup? Yeah, I, they, I think they can be the same thing if you want them to be. But you know, like for me, it's it's the what I think the starting lineup is going to be as opposed to what. I think the best lineup is going to be is two different things. Yeah, I think I think we can see one starting lineup to start the season, and I think by midseason, late in the season, I think we are in the season we can see a, a, a totally different starting lineup. I think they won uh, when they take on Cleveland Cavaliers. I think you're going to see uh, John at the one, Dylan Brooks at the two, Kyle at the three, Jaron at the four, and Stephen Adams at the five. I just think coming back, I, I think. Long term, I think the the ideas for Jared to be uh, the five, and I've, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it. ever since he's been a rookie. That's kind of been the, the thought process that eventually he would mature in, into a, a, a starting center. And I'm I'm not big on that. I, I think, especially now that you see, and I, and I and I don't think Stephen Adams is a guy that's going to be here long term. It could be a one year thing. We'll see what happens with that. But now that that you don't have Valanciunas here, I, I think that kind of opens up things more for Jaron at the four. He, Steven Adams is not a guy that's going to be in the paint, taking up a lot of room uh, for Jaron. I think Jaron will be able to operate a little bit better on, on the inside with Steven Adams than he would with, with JV. Uh, because again, you're not running plays for Steven Adams. He's not a guy that's going to be posting anybody up in the paint and, and, and doing things like that. So I think that'll open up spots for him. But I think early in the season, I think that's kind of the starting lineup you're going to see. Because coming off the season that, that Kyle had last year, I just think being that veteran presence, uh, coming back to start the season, I think you're going to see him in the starting lineup. Uh, but I, I think as the season goes on, uh, we kind of talked about the idea of Jaron being a five. I think you're going to see some of that this year because I think that's 
kind of the way this front office and, and his coaching staff views him. So I think they're going to give him that opportunity. And I think at some point, you, you could see John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson at the at the five at the four, and, and Jaron at the five. I think that's something we can see as time goes on. Uh, because Bain, I think this front office really believes in him a lot as well. I think you talk about Jaron. I think Bain is a guy coming off summer league. You saw them kind of put him on the ball and, and kind of show off some more aspects of his game, and shows that he's not just a. And we've talked about it a lot on here. He's not just a spot up shooter. Uh, Bain is a guy that can do it all. I think he's proven in summer league that. He can do a lot of things as well as playmaking as well. Look really good on the basketball. I know that's not that summer league and it's not NBA level playing, but I think that kind of gives you a window in, in, into what they view Desmond as going forward and, and something that they want to want to put a position they want to see him in is being a playmaker and doing things more in that vein instead of creating. He talked about that at media day as far as taking pressure off a of jaw and guys like Dylan. He wants to be able to create for himself more and do some playmaking ability. And we definitely saw that in summer league. Yeah, and and I agree with you completely. You know, summer league is not NBA level. You know, it, it's not the same. But at the same time, it's not like he had struggles in the summer league doing it. He was playmaking at, at, a, at a very elite level that looks like he can do it at the NBA level and not have any issues with it. We saw a little bit of it last year, and, and I think we'll see more of it as time moves on. So I, I'm. I apologize. I got distracted with with a, a work message there, and, and I missed a little bit. But your your starting five, you think is going to be? Uh, who, who do you think it's going to be? I I heard who you think like later in the season, but who was your like right out of day one? Who do you think uh, the starting five is going to be? Yeah, open tonight. I think it, it's going to be Jod to one, uh, DB at the two, uh, Kyle at the three, uh, Jared Jackson Jr. at the four, and, and Stephen Adams at the five. I just kind of think. Day one is for as continuity. I mean, Kyle's been in, in the starting lineup, and he had such a, a big year last year. I just think, and being a veteran presence, I think to start the year, he's going to be there in, in, at the three. Um, and Desmond Bain, I, I think he'll start the season off the bench. But again, I think as the season goes on, we might see him start in that, slide into that starting lineup when, when Jared moves over to the five. But I think starting the season, I think Stephen Adams is going to be the, the, the five. But I think as the season goes on, I think you could see that switch because again I think they want to see Jaron at the five but I, I don't know if we'll, we'll see kind of them try that day one I mean I think you might see him at the five sometime off the bench in different different lineups but I don't think he'll start the season at the five yeah I, I got you probably closing as the five would, would yeah be a good I think guess. you'll see a lot of that yeah yeah and and I had a saw a conversation Sane was talking and, and somebody mentioned underneath it talked about Kyle and yeah not I saw starting. It as well. and yeah. you know it, it's Kyle in media day and and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm I'm like 99% sure that he addressed that that you know he said I'm here to be a team guy I'm here to yeah, do whatever coach did. thinks is best if that means I'm coming off the bench then I'm coming off the bench and maybe you know that's not a direct quote I don't have it written down but it was something very similar to that like he you know he he's bought in and he's here to do whatever he needs to do in order for this team to win so I, I don't mind having slow mo coming off the bench, honestly. Like he he is, I think that, um, Melton, not not Melton. I apologize, man. I'm struggling today. Tyus Jones. I I think that we're gonna see less of him this year. You know, this is a contract year for him, but. I think that the Grizzlies have other guys that can initiate offense and do it well, do it at a high level. And Kyle coming off of the bench as a guy that can be the initiator whenever, uh, when Jaws off the floor, I think that would work just fine. 
um, you know, Desmond Bain, we, you know, we were talking about him earlier and him being capable. Um, so th- that's, I was on a, uh, a podcast last week and we were talking about that and it, it was a, a fantasy basketball podcast for dynasty leagues. And they asked me, you know, who do I think is going to be the breakout guy whenever it comes to fantasy this year? And, and I said, Desmond Bain, you know, he, he finished pretty well. He had a good season just straight basketball wise, but I feel like he's going to get more opportunities. There's going to be more playing time for him this year. There's going to be more things that he is, you know, like more things on his plate for him to do. And I think the guy that you see fall off out of this rotation is, is Tyus Jones. So let, let's kind of, I, I want to get into kind of talking about everybody on the roster, but your starting five, you got Ja, Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, and Steven Adams. Last season, Jenkins was very methodical, 10-man rotation. That's what he's doing. So what's your day one 10-man rotation? Who are, Who's that second five for you? Yeah, that's going to be interesting because to go back to your point about Tyus, um, we kind of saw him phased out a little bit. First, they tried to experiment with Justice Winslow on the ball, and Tyus kind of got phased out, phased out then, and he just never really recovered as kind of being the guy that we saw early in the season. I mean, he just never re- got those, that type of minutes and that didn't have that big of an impact uh, late in the season once that happened. So I don't think, and we've talked about that a lot, and this, you hate to say that you feel like a guy is too good to be a backup on this team, but I don't think Tyus is back next year. I think Tyus is a guy that could possibly be moved at the deadline uh, next year. I think he's one to watch because I think he's expiring contract and he's not a guy – they're not going to pay him what he's going to get on the open market because with Jaw, you just don't need that level of player behind him necessarily. So I I, I think you could definitely see Tyus phased out because we've seen how this team operates. And if they don't feel like that you're a part of the future, they're not really going to going to highlight you as a player on the team because they're all about production and what this team's going to look like a couple years down the line. And if Tyus is not going to be a part of this, which I don't, believe that they view him as that, I definitely think he could be phased out. And I think that's kind of another reason why you saw Desmond Bain uh, being worked on the ball in summer league. And you got a lot of guys. I mean, you even got, got some couple of other guys here. You kind of look at the bottom of the roster, guys like Sam Merrill, Chris Dunn, who are two guys, unless they make a move, are probably battling for that last spot on the roster. Those are guys. Chris Dunn's a point guard. We saw Sam Merrill a lot on the ball in summer league as well. Not that they're going to be guys that would get major minutes or anything on this roster, but it just shows you they're, 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 they have a lot of options of guys they can put on the ball. So I definitely think that Tyus is a guy that's probably going to be phased out a little bit on this roster. But as of right now, I guess you'd have to slide him in as, as your backup point guard because Chris Dunn, which I'm intrigued by, uh, I, I asked him uh, at media day the other day about his health, and he talked about it's been a long road coming back that hadn't been healthy the last couple of years, but he – says that he's 100% healthy, uh, but but even if you're 100% healthy, doesn't mean that you're going to be the player you were pre-injury, so I think they're going to find that out, but I think I like him as far as what he brings defensively, he brings some size to the backup point guard at 6'3", 205, 210, he's a bigger guy uh, than Ty, so if he's healthy, I think he's a guy that could could really have to see, but we'll find out where, where he's at there in preseason, that's why I'm kind of so intrigued by these preseason games, I'm really interested in these down roster guys, I think we know what we have kind of with the starting lineup, but there are a lot of intriguing guys and a lot of different things like Desmond Bain on the ball and see, see we, can, we continue to see some of those things in, in preseason. Uh, but I think Tyus starts off as your day one 
backup uh, backup point guard. I think Desmond Bain slides in as your backup backup two uh, at small forward, and, and this is where it gets, it gets interesting. I, I guess Desmond Bain could be your backup three. I guess De'Anthony, De'Anthony Melton would be your backup two uh, at, at power forward. Uh, I mean, Brandon Clark, I guess, would be there, and then Xavier Tillman, I guess, would be my my backup two, uh, my backup starting five. So if you're going ten man, that would be my backup ten man rotation. So you got Zaire completely out of the rotation to start the yeah. year. Yeah, man, I, 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 that's that's gonna be interesting, man, to see how they handle that because you take a guy that high, man, you you don't look at him as you take a guy number in top ten, you don't expect to be sitting them down in the G League, but I, I, I look at this roster and I, I don't, I think it's inevitable because unless they're just gonna let him sit on a bench and that's just not what you want to do, you want yeah. want the guy to be playing, you want development, but you just kind of look at the wing rotation right now. I just don't know if they're really the minutes and you're not even mentioning guys like Jared Culver yet that they brought in that they possibly want to get a look at as well. So that's going to be an interesting storyline, especially early in the season, how they kind of handle the Zaire Williams thing. Yeah. I, I'll tell you the Jared Culver thing doesn't really bother me all that much because the Grizzlies have shown that, you know, you, you look at Josh Jackson and Josh Jackson was a guy that definitely deserved minutes. He, he deserved rotation minutes and the Grizzlies just didn't have them for him. They they didn't until they had injuries late in the season. He he was down in the G League. So, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd done that same thing with Jared Culver. The situation is totally different. And in a, you know, taking on the chance uh, of Culver, I know that the Grizzlies had liked him previously, but, you know, what what's that going to do to Psyche? And, and is he going to be open to that. And if he does that, are you ever going to be able to develop him into somebody that's going to get back up on this roster and have the confidence that he needs? Because the, con- um, the contract thing, the contract thing makes it interesting too, because I don't, I don't see that they're not going to pick up that option for the season starts. So then it's kind of just like situation with Josh Jackson puts a cap yeah. on what you can pay him. And even if he somehow you do find somebody gets injured or he finds a way he's so good that you, end up playing him and he gets significant minutes somehow down the line sometime this season. If he plays well, you're probably going to price him. He's probably going to price out of what you can pay him. Uh, yeah. There are going to be teams that are going to offer him more than that. So it's that's kind of a, a weird situation. Like, I, I, I like the idea of getting a free shot at a guy that was the sixth overall pick back in 2019. I, I feel like situation in Minnesota was just, I, I think that's a bad organization. Just kind of they handle things. It's a different regime. And I, I don't know if they gave him requisite shot. I know the numbers were bad. He's been injured, but I think he's a guy that, if given an opportunity, he might be able to show something. But if he did, yeah. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to pay him. Because again, you you're capped out if you don't pick up the option on, on what you can pay him. And there, there if he plays well, there are going to be some teams that are going to offer more than that. A guy that young, you're not going to be able to offer him what some other teams offer. Now he might feel like the Grizzlies gave him a chance, and he might sign. But a guy that young, I think he's going to take the money if somebody offers it to him. So that's kind of what makes that situation weird. But I understand why they did it. It's just kind of how is it going to work yeah I, I don't um i don't believe that minnesota really invested in him honestly no once they know, took edwards the, the, the new regime yeah. took edwards i think that was kind of they were like kind of done with him after yeah, that. just out on him and, and i'm not that way i i think that he definitely has the tools and if he you know development is key with with anybody you know you go to the right team and you get developed properly you can make a huge difference so i you know 
he is a guy that I'm definitely interested in, but it wouldn't be surprising if he just was buried on the bench to me yeah. because, you know, they've done that before. And and I got to disagree with you in the, the rotation. I really think that Zaire gets minutes early. I, I think that he's part of that 10-man rotation. I, I just cannot, as high as climbing in this front, you know, he talked about, you know, scouting this guy from high school and, and what he was doing I just find it hard to believe that he's not going to get any playing time early. I, I think that my 10, I agree with you on the, on what the starting five. So you're starting five, Ja, Dylan at the two, Kyle at the three, Steven, or uh, Jaron at the four, Adams at the five. And then you got Bain off the bench, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, Xavier Tillman, and Zyra Williams. That That's who I, that would be what I think the 10 man rotation is going to be to start off the season could be wrong. I just, how much development is he going to get if he's just riding the bench? And again, if he, if you're sending him down to the G league for development games, what is that going to do to his confidence? I think that stuff matters. I, I you know, for, for a young player, I think he has to have, you know, the team has to believe in him. The fact that they took him at 10 is showing that they had do have some belief in him. But I think because of where you drafted him that he, you know, Kleiman said this this is going to be a couple-year venture with him. But I, I think it starts right off the bat. I think that they, they want to know what they have because you've got some guys coming up. Like you said, you mentioned Tyus is a free agent, Kyle Anderson. They still haven't got the long-term deal done with Jaron. Fully expect that to happen. Um, I hope it happens before he gets a restricted free agency. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> because if not, they're going to have to overpay him. And, you know, it's your small market. Just pay the guy. Pay him off of what you've seen. I think that he's shown enough. But, you know, th- there's a lot, of, a lot of pieces that are rotation pieces that, you know, could be gone either via trade at the, te- or, uh, trade, at the trade deadline or, or you just let them walk because, you know, their contract year. Um, and then, like I said, we still have to, to determine who's going to be that 15th spot on the roster. You know, Sam Merrill is only guaranteed, I think, 500000 Well, it, 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 Well, it's actually, it's actually $1.5 because it would have been 500000 but the Grizzlies picked up his option uh, and guaranteed it for an extra million. So now it's $1.5 okay. That's kind of why I've been saying for a while that I feel like they must have felt like he was a guy. Now, again, that's insignificant. We're talking a million bucks in the NBA. That's nothing in the grand yeah. scheme. But it, it's kind of if they do, if he does end up being a guy released in hindsight, you're kind of thinking, well, they didn't have to pay this guy. They didn't have to pick yeah. up that option. They could have just let him come to summer league and, and see what they had. But a lot of times things change. I mean, they, they didn't know they were going to have Chris Dunn, and maybe he comes in and they like him, and he ends up being that, that 15 guy you just never – know what's going to happen but at the time in hindsight you'll kind of look back at them like man they could have saved themselves a million dollars there do you think there's any shot that and i don't know money wise if it's even feasible for them where's culver's contract is he yeah culver's not guaranteed next year so you know is there do you think there's any chance that he's the odd man out um yeah i mean i I thought about that uh when you gotta look look at the roster like maybe because kind of some of the reasons that we just kind of talked about, about the contract thing and not picking up the option. And they probably thinking that maybe even if he played well, they probably could have him back that he could be a candidate. But I just think you make that deal. And I think there's, 
like you said, former former number six pick to back in 2019. It's only been a couple of years. I just think he's too young and too much potential there to just give up on him like that. I think you give him a shot. I, I mean, I don't again, I don't know where the playing time comes from. I don't know if he's a guy that you're gonna send down to South Haven to, to play some time, but I, I just feel like there's too much potential there for you to just give up on him like that. I mean, I think you should just give it a shot and see if it, it works out. But I, I would be surprised. I mean, again, we, we just never know what, what could happen, but I would be surprised if he ends up being the guy that died man out. Um, and, and again, we there could be another move here. Who knows what what's going coming down in the next couple of weeks, but I think it's probably going to come down to, to Merrill and Chris Dunn. And if Chris Dunn's healthy, man, I, I think he probably wins it out. But you look at Merrill and they could view him kind of as a poor man's Grayson Allen, kind of the same way he came in, a guy that had struggled but can, can kind of do some of the same things about the same size and cheaper than Grayson Allen was. So he might be a guy that they, they want to develop. Again, they put him on the ball uh, in, in some league. That's not something that I had seen him do a lot. Uh, so I guess they kind of had a, a vision for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think the biggest thing, again, with Chris Dunn is just how's the knee. He says he feels good. He says he's 100%, but I think we'll find that out in preseason, and I'm excited to see it. So a guy that we haven't really mentioned a whole lot that I think could very well play his way into this conversation is Shaq Buchanan. Yeah. You know, this is something – the, the money, look, looking at the contracts between Merrill and Dunn, and, you know, Shaq is just on the, the what he's like on a 10 yeah, exhibition yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a training and, camp deal. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, that is a training camp deal. That's not guaranteed money. Yeah. But the, the Grizzlies have, you know, I, the, when they made the Parsons trade, you know, they just, um the, the Plumley brother, $10 million, boom, you know. Kick rocks, dude. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I was kind of surprised so, at that, man. They don't. That, they have definitely have, have don't don't mind eating money. They have shown that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if the the one thing that I think that Shaq brought to the table at uh, at summer league was was his shooting. You know, big improvement for definitely him improved. shooting a three. And so you know, is that something you know? Did he show you enough there? You know, you're talking about size. He's a little bit smaller as far as, like, you know, Dunn's slightly bigger, but height-wise, they're the same. You know, is Shaq going to be a guy? Do you feel like he's got a shot at playing his way onto this roster? Man, he, he's been around forever, man. He definitely deserves it. I'm glad that he's getting this shot at training camp because, I mean, he's paid his dues. I'm kind of surprised when, after Summer League, I was like, there's no way nobody, somebody's not giving this guy a guaranteed deal. So I'm kind of surprised that he's still around because I thought somebody was going to pick him up. I think – Another thing that you think about, I mean, he's really good friends with Josh. So, franchise player played together at, at Murray State. Um, but he really improved his shooting. I asked him about it after one of the summer league games. I mean, he said that that was his main focus going into offseason, just to get up as many shots as he can. And it, it paid off. You saw it. Because uh, he, he's knocking yeah, out three with consistency. Not the biggest guy, but bring some athleticism. Just a dog on defense. Um, just mm-hmm. always going to give 110%. I mean, I, I definitely think he got, has a shot. I think some of these other guys, again, with the, with the guaranteed deals, I mean, I think going in, I think you would kind of put them ahead of him. But, I mean, he, he's a guy that I think is definitely going to give him something to think about uh, because we saw in, in Summer League that, I mean, he can – he again, he and he's veteran. I mean, he's been around playing in the Summer League for a few years now. And, I mean, he's or paid his due. So, I mean, he's definitely up for a shot. I think if he doesn't end up on his Grizzlies roster, I definitely think he's going to end up on somebody else's. Uh, and, I, and I think he really deserved that. And I'm glad to see it for him and good, good, ready to see him in these preseason games because he definitely brings some skills to the table. There's no doubt about that. 
So we're kind of bouncing around here, talking about different guys on the roster, what we think they're going to do, the, the, just a straight-up outlook for each and every player. Um, Isaac, I'm going to let you pick. You know, we, we've talked about uh, Buchanan and Dunn and, uh, and Merrill a little bit. Uh, who do you want to go with next? Who, who do you want to talk about? And, and fire away, man. What do you got? Um, I mean, we can just, just, just bounce around here a little bit. Uh, I guess I'll start off with uh, De'Anthony Melton. I think – I, I think this is a, a big evaluation season for him because I think this front office, they have some decisions to make. I mean, you go out, you, you move Grayson Allen, uh, which kind of opens up things for Desmond Bain and, and De'Anthony Melton. But I think it's it, it just reading the tea leaves and you kind of watch the rotations from last year and, and how things have kind of been handled. For some reason, Taylor Jenkins just doesn't seem to be a huge fan of, of De'Anthony Melton. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, even being a rookie, you had Desmond Bain coming in and, even he went bang over over Melton, and you saw kind of the development with him, and he put him on the ball. I just kind of feel like and get the idea that this front office views Desmond Bain for sure as part of the future. I'm not so sure that they're completely sold on Desmond Melton. And I think one thing, and some and Melton's numbers are fantastic. Like you look at his numbers, and he has some historical things, like an amount of minutes that he plays and the production that he gives. I saw some crazy stuff. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but the thing with him is consistency. Um, it just times where he'll go stretches three or four weeks where he's awesome, and then he just disappears, can't can't hit shots, just turn the ball over a lot, and, and just doesn't look like the same player. If if he can be the good version of him, I mean, I think he's definitely part of the future of this team. But I think if if he can't show that consistency this season, I think he could be a guy that they could look to move because again, I think Desmond Bain is going to be here. Uh, you bring in Zaire Williams. I mean, I think this. The, this uh, wing rotation is still loaded. Uh, so I think the jury is out on De'Anthony Melton. I think it's going to be a big-time evaluation year for him. So I think that's definitely something they're going to be watching and something I'm going to be watching going forward to see if he can bring the consistency that he hasn't brought so far. So would you say that the number one thing for him, like a prove-it year for him, consistency is that, right? Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing. When it was, I mean, we saw, I mean, he was shooting like 44% from three. I mean, he's added things to his game because we kind of talked about him as just kind of a a, a one-way guy. As you, you just look at him as a defensive, he's not much of a scorer, but he really worked on his shot last offseason and came in and really proved three-point shooting, but then he'll have these just weak stretches where he just struggles even in playoffs. I mean, just he was just bad. I mean, it's not much to say about yeah. Turns the ball over a lot, tries to do too much at times. It, it's weird with him because, I mean, you see him be really good. You look at this guy, I man, this guy could be there was one point where I felt like, man, this guy could be the starting two on this team going forward. I mean, what he brings defensively, he's knocking out shots. And then other times, again, he just seems to disappear. So I just want to see that consistency from him. And I don't get the idea that this, this front office is fully sold on him yet. And, again, you just kind of see the rotations. I mean, he was getting DNP CDs for, like, no reason, like late in the season mm-hmm. last year. And I just didn't get that. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if Jenkins, the way that he views – the offense and, and, and what he wants that maybe feels like De'Anthony Bell's a little bit too small. I think this team wants to get bigger on the wing. Maybe that's it. It's just not, doesn't fit into his vision. I don't know, but, but I think that's going to be something interesting going forward, especially now that they move Grayson. Cause I think that's kind of the argument that everybody has, like, especially from the fan base, like Grayson Allen versus De'Anthony Melton. Grayson isn't here now, but Zaire Williams is. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Yeah, you look at his numbers from last year, you look at that three-point percentage, you know, he he had a massive jump, you know, 
almost 14 percent you know it goes from below 30 percent yeah it's crazy man shooting over 40 which looks good on paper but his issue and i talked with sean coleman about this he had like toward the end of the season what you were talking about he had like a 10 to 12 game stretch where he was invisible on the offensive end and don't get me wrong like he when, when he's on the floor He's got the nickname Mr. Do Something for a reason. When he's on the floor, he still impacts the game, and he can still have a positive impact on the game if his shot is not falling. But, man, that inconsistency, that 41% from three last year was from he would just get white hot and, and have some stretch where he would just bury in everything, and then he would have stretches where he was cold. And I know that he had – just from that that show when I was talking to Sean about it, there were two stretches that were multiple, like seven plus game stretches, where he shot below twenty five percent from three, yeah. and, and that is consistency is hard. It, it's hard to get that. If consistency was easy, everybody everybody would the do, NBA, yeah. <laughs> NBA would stick. And so that's something that you know I, I agree with Isaac. His prove it to me this year. It's just consistency. I love the 41% from three massive jump. And it was on the highest volume of his career, but I would rather see him go, you know, two for two for five the entire season than to see him have a three game stretch where he knocks down five of six. And then he goes eight games without hitting the three because it's not really, it doesn't benefit the team as much. So, yeah, I, I, for me, I think consistency is a big thing for Melton this year. Um, you know you know what he's bringing defensively. You know the impact that he could have, the hustle stats, the steals, being disruptive, just all around. I got to back up just a little bit, though. If you guys have listened to this show for any amount of time at all, the fact that Isaac said that Melton could be the starting two on this team, <laughs> you've got to realize how big that is because Isaac hates short people. De'Anthony <laughs> Melton is below 6'6", six, six, and if you're not 6'6 six, six or taller, nah, Isaac man. doesn't like you. But, no, I mean, I'm kidding a little bit, obviously. But, you know, like you say, they, they want to get bigger, and Melton is not that. He's not the, the bigger body on the wing, but he does play defense well enough that if he is consistent shooting the ball on the offensive end, you could easily run him out there as a starting two and be in good shape. For sure. If he's knocking down shots, I mean, it's no question. I mean, I, I think I want him on his team forever. If he's not knocking down shots, if he's that guy that's that two way guy with doing what he does on the defensive end, just Mr. Do something just out there making plays, man, he's tipping balls, uh, getting rebounds, man, putbacks. When, he, when he's that guy and he, and he has the three-point shooting to it, he's 100% should be on his team and could potentially be that guy that they think they needed to too. But, again, it's just he goes through these long stretches where seven, eight, nine game stretches where he just struggles. And, and again, I just want to see him put together more of those good stretches uh, because, I mean, there were times we were fantastic. I remember, and you kind of say five or six, I think there was one game where that's specifically what he, what he did. He went five or six from three. I think he hit five or six in the first half, knocking down contested shots and just just dunking and doing all kind of crazy stuff out there, just making it happen. And again, when he's like that, he's really fun to watch. You just want to see see it more on a consistent basis. Uh yeah, but the five of six thing was pure coincidence, man. I just yeah, kinda, I, 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 just, I, just, I think I that's exactly that what he went yeah. one game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I, I guess I guess moving on, I guess I mean we could talk about job, man, going into to year three. I mean, year three is usually when big time players usually make a make a jump. I mean, we saw what he did 
in the playoffs last year. I mean, that's historic stuff. I, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be a, a star, superstar level player in this league because you just don't. I mean, they put around the numbers. I mean, he's up there with Kareem and, and guys like that um, with, with some, some historic things that he did in that series against the Utah Jazz. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I don't think there's any question that he's going to be a big time player going forward. But going into year three, like what is that next step for him? Uh, and and I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to get my thoughts on what. What do you think is that next step in his maturation process? So I I think we know what he is as a leader, right? You know, year two, even man from day one, you knew that John Morant was going to be a leader. That that's just like he. Some people walk into a room, and you know that they have leadership skills you can just feel it he's had that from day one so for me that's something that's extremely important best player on the team you got to have leadership skills in order to advance I I think the the one thing that I want to see from him this year and judging by some of the film that we're seeing early on from these practices man yeah I know as well (laughs) shooting the ball off the dribble yeah I I think you know his, his shot there have been a number of different angles and, and different shots that I see him taking shots off the dribble and just burying them. And obviously, yeah, it's practice. I get that. I understand. But last year when you were watching him, when he was coming off the dribble and he didn't think about it, it, it was usually, it was a good thing. When, yeah. when he had, I, when he had to think about last it, year, man, yeah. I, I think it really, I don't know. I won't say that it got to him, but you could tell a difference in it. And it feels like in the videos that I've watched so far this year in the practice that, you know, he doesn't have to think about that shot. He knows he's coming up. I'm pulling up off of this dribble and the motion it's it's fluid, smooth. The shots are falling. And I think that that's, that's what it takes from him. He, he's got to, so I want to see his field goal percentage increase this year. And that's going to, you know, he, he attacks a rim a lot, but you know, the, those, the rain, the shots from range are, are going to make a difference. And I want to see that increase and he's going to get to the line. He's going to yeah. get the line a ton. Yep. And so that is going to be crucial for him. You look at the guys that are the best in the league at scoring Steph Curry, James Harden, Damian Lillard, these guys, the reason that they're the best, they can, you know, obviously all of those guys can shoot the ball, but they are lights out from the free throw line. All of those guys are, you know, way over 80% from the free throw line. Steph is usually above 90 Harden's right around that area. And Dame is like mid eighties, you know, and, and up in order for this team to take the next step from where they were last year to go to that next level, to get to the second round, John Morant has got to shoot the ball at better than 75% from the free throw line. Last year, he averaged, six attempts a game from the free throw line. And he was 70, 73%, which is a drop off from his rookie year. He was actually 78% his rookie year. He fell off 5%. And I was going to say real quick, interject. there were even times where he was uneven because there were times where he was bad. Like he was yeah, missing yeah. a lot of them. I mean, there, there were times where he was really good. And I think that kind of balanced that numbers out, but he had some stretches where he, really struggle from the line, and that's huge because their tips are going to be there. Uh, I mean, if you can knock those down, that's, those could be difference in, differences in games. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I, I feel like you see that number 
and we talk about star calls all the time, right? You know, Ja goes to the rim, draws contact. Sometimes he gets the call. Sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. As he continues to ascend in this league, as his name, you know, gets bigger and bigger, he'll start getting more of those calls. So that number, you know, he goes from 4.6 in year one to 5.9 in year two in attempts from the free throw line. So I, I completely – like fully expect this to be closer to eight attempts a game from the free throw line. And so you've got to execute those as, you know, as important as other things are, if you're not making it from the charity stripe, man, that's going to, it's going to kill you in the end. Free throws make a huge difference. So I know that kind of sounds cheap and, you know, I I want him to be an all-star and an MVP candidate, but Man, realistically, those are the two things that I want to see him in, get better at. The getting his field goal percentage, he was 40 just below 45% from the field last year, which is not terrible for a guard. It's not bad for a guard. But get that number closer to 50% and get that free throw percentage at 80 or above and he's averaging 25, 26 points a game with ease and still, you know, dropping 7, 8, 9 assists a game. And so I, I think that he does the other stuff at such a high level. If he brings those two things up to that level, it's going to be electric, man. It's it, There's going to be climbing. It, it was funny when he left the podium at the end of media day, he's like, I'm surprised none of you guys asked the question about John Morant. He's yeah. going to be an all-star this year, you know, write it down essentially. So I, I think that everything is in line for him to get that nod this year. Those are the two things that I that I think that we need to see improve in order for him to take it to that next level. The the improved field goal percentage I think comes from him getting fluid on coming up off of the dribble, and then the free throw line is just you know get a routine, man. Get the the guys that are good, Steph Curry when he goes that free throw line, his routine is the same every single time. Damian Lillard is the same every single time. James Harden every single time, and so I, I think that. He can get there. He he has put in the work. He's grown since he's got to Memphis. So I I, I expect that, you know, maybe we don't see both of these things improve this year, but I, I think we're definitely going to see another step from John ja Moran. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you kind of talk about that, and and John ja followed it up in his availability at Media Day, saying that I heard what Zach Clyman said, um, and I think he's telling y'all the right thing. Just stay tuned. So he has a quiet confidence about him that that I love. I mean, he kind of talk about going dark this offseason and that you do your best work when nobody knows anything about it. And he, he kind of gave the cliche of, I want to work on everything when he was asked what he wanted to work on in offseason. But he, he went on to say that shooting out the dribble. Uh, so that kind of lets you know that that was one thing that he really felt like he needed to get better at. And to your point, I kind of mentioned that on the show last year where it just seems when he had those open threes, a lot of times he'd miss them. But when he was like up against the shot clock or got closed out on me and shoot out the dribble, those are, I mean, when he didn't have to shoot out the dribble, just pull up and none, not thinking about it, those are the ones that he usually made. Um, but I, I think we've seen some highlights here from camp. I think it was one where I think Jerry Culver fouled him um, and knocked him down on, on the three and he knocked him down. I think that's the next thing that you need to see from him because if he adds even, even decent, I mean, what did he shoot last year from three, 30, 30.3%? I mean, if he could get that up to about 34%, 34, 35%. I mean, I think that just takes his game to a whole other level because that's going to open it up even more for what he can do in the paint because if you have to honor that, he's just going to drive by guys and, and get to the paint even more. So I think that's kind of the next 
process for him. And I, I definitely think he's going to be that guy. I think from day one, like you said, I don't think leadership qualities, anything like that. I think he has that all, all those intangibles that come with being a leader. I, I just think that three point shooting and the free throw shooting, because he's going to get to the line. Like, what do you get to the line? You said uh, 5.9, so about six, yeah, six, six times nine. a game last year. I could easily see that being eight this year uh, because I, I think he's going to get more and more calls as time goes on. You become more and more established in his league and as an all-star, I think you're going to see that number goes up. He's going to get more calls. Got to knock down those free throws, man. I mean, there's big time because if you, you get those opportunities, man, you can't waste them going to the line. I mean, he's too important and, and get too many attempts a game to, to be missing them. So, and especially from a – from a point guard, a guy, a guy like him, man, 77, 70, what is he, 72%, 73%, shot 77.6 his rookie year. You, you got you want to see that number up, 83, 84% uh, at least from, from a guard. Uh, and, and I think he can get there. I'm sure he's going to put in the reps. But those are the kind of the things that I want to see from him. And I think if he does those two things, gets that three-point shooting up, uh, come become a better shooter off the dribble, that's going to open up things inside, knock down those free throws. I think his goal of being an all-star this year, I think it'll be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. That's like I say, he he's got all of the stuff is in place, and with his work ethic, man, I, I think that it happens. I would love to see him be an all star this year. It would be incredible, and, and that's you know we have been talking since year one, and it, it was kind of a, a divided house a little bit about him being you know the best Grizzly ever. And, uh, you know, like better at, at this point in his career than Conley ever was. And that's not to say that he's done more for the Grizzlies at this point, because obviously that's not the case. But there was never a time in Conley's career where you can go into the season and say, you know, if if he shows up and executes, he's a lock as an all-star. Like, I, I don't remember there ever being a season where that was the case. And, and that's, that is the case for John Morant this year. Let's go. You got anything else on job before we get out of here? I was going to say, man, I, I think with, with Carly, it's just a different ceiling uh, for John. I think as good as as good as Carly was, as much as he meant for this franchise, there was just never a thought. I mean, the sky's the limit for for John Moran. I mean, I don't think we ever felt like that. Carly, Carly was just a really, really good player, but I, I don't never felt like the sky's the limit. It's just a different, different level, like the athleticism, different things that Josh brings. It's just not something that. I don't think we ever felt like Conley would achieve. I think we felt like we got the best of Conley, even though he's been fantastic in Utah. It was just a different level. And I think, I don't think we ever felt like Conley could be a top five, top 10 player in his league. And I think that jury is still out on John. I think he could, could possibly be that. Yeah. Yeah. Guarantee it, man. So definitely want to talk about Jaron. I, I said, get out of here. Like we were wrapping up. We, we still, uh, still got a few guys to talk about, but before we, before we go on to Jaron, I want to talk about Brandon Clark and, I'll let you kind of lead off with him, but what do you want? You know, he had such an amazing, amazing rookie year. And then the sophomore slump just kind of smacked him in the face, man. And there were a number of different things that, uh, that probably led to that. And, you know, you could point to, you know, he had this and this and this going on, but what, what do you think we see from Brandon Clark this year? Um, yeah, I, I think he has a, a bounce back here. Uh, I think I, I was talking to Amy about this other night. She's a big Amy Stegmeyer. She's a big, big, big time Brandon Clark fan. And I was talking to her. I mean, I, I just think last year, I don't know what was going on with the shot. We saw her in the season. Said that he had changed his shot. The shot was looking funky. And now you got to talk, talk to people now that he was dealing with some injuries throughout the season. There's a sophomore slump. There's all kind of stuff going on with him. But 
I just think the things that he were doing, he was doing the first season, not like it were like things that can't be replicated. Like he was a forty-five percent three-point shooter, doing a lot of crazy things. He was getting a lot of shots in the paint and knocking them down, and for some reason, those shots just weren't falling last year. I, I think what he did his first season is, is closer to the player that he's going to be than what we saw last year. I just think there were things going on last year, and and, and again, I, I just think he's going to come into this season. I think he and he's talked about this that he he just has to be more efficient overall. And again, I don't know what all I think was a multitude of things going on last season. I, I just think we're going to see see that more of that rookie Brandon Clark this season. I, I'm expecting a big big bounce back year for him because I mean we were talking about this guy as being untouchable um his rookie year as far as when people were talking about trades and like like no we nobody's touching Brandon Clark I mean how much of a steal he was even with the production he got last year where they drafted him at I think 20th he was still been a a really good player even to to get that level of player but I I just think he was going through some things last year and I think we're going to see a bounce back here from him he rocking a new hairdo he got to talk about that he said he know he has the making roots so he has the dreads dreads to the back so he added some color uh so he didn't want to be bored so he said he got his Got his swag game up. He told Jaron and and uh, Dylan that he's coming for him, even though he said uh, that he don't think he'll ever be on that level. Says Jaron has a stylist and all kind of crazy yeah. stuff like that. He said, but they're on a different level. But he he say he, he's gonna be in there. He's gonna be in the mix. Uh, but he but he seems like he's feeling good. He looks looks to be healthy. Uh, and I, and I think he's gonna have a I think he's gonna have a bounce back here. He just has to be more consistent because if he's shooting something crazy like over fifty percent uh, from from the field uh, on some on some of those shots uh, on the on the inside. Uh, let me see, look at his numbers here. 10.3 points per game last year, 12.1 field goal percentage. I think it went way down. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, 61.8 his rookie year, down to 51.7. I mean, that's a drastic fall. Uh, you just don't usually see that, especially from a year one to year two. So, again, I, I just think maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, maybe he doesn't get quite back to what he was the rookie year. But, again, I think he's going to have a better year than he had last year. Yeah, the the one thing that sticks out to me, you mentioned the the changing of the shot, the way the way he's shooting the ball, and, and I mentioned that whenever I was talking to Sean on his show. That that's huge, man. That that's a massive change. And he was coming into last season dealing with a calf injury. You know, if you got a calf injury, man, that that's something you're using in your jump shot. Jump shot. So yeah, t- changing your changing your release, changing your shooting stroke. And having that injury, you're not getting the reps in on top of the shortened off season. So, you know, we talked to him last year with the, the shoulder injury close to the end of the year. He said it had been kind of not enough to keep him out, but it was just kind of a nagging injury that was bothering him. So a lot of things contributed to like that that kind of, I, I don't want to say fall because I believe that, you know, he, he's going to come back, but a fall is exactly what it was, you know, pre- pretty big drop off for him. Um, I know, you know, Parker, Parker Fleming with Grizzly Bear Blues obviously loves Brandon Clark. And one of his starting lineups that he threw out there was with BC starting at the four. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen, but, you know, you go back to his rookie season and that doesn't sound so crazy as to have something like uh, Ja, Bain, Dylan. Brandon and Jaron out there as a starting five and, you know, with, with no injuries, even, I don't think that that's, if you get bounce back year one, Brandon Clark, I don't think that's a bad starting lineup at all. He, he rebounds the ball very well. And he's not a guy that you have to have inside. So he's not going to, you know, like 
there's going to be things that Jaron can do with Brandon on the floor that he can't do if there's other guys out there. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I don't believe that he, uh, that he's day one starter, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it at some point, you know, if he, I'll say this, if there's no injuries, if we get to the point that Brandon Clark is starting, that means that that bounce back definitely happened. Yeah, I mean, you just look at his numbers. All his shooting numbers fail. I mean, you talk about the field goal percentage down 10%. Three-point shooting went down from 35.9% to 26%. Uh, from two, he was 63.8% his rookie year. 565 last year. Uh, effective field goal percentage went from 64 to 53. Free throw percentage down from 76 to 69. I mean, that and that all goes into the shooting. The, the, you talk about the cab injury, the change in the jump shot. I mean, all his shooting numbers and change. So, I mean, I, that's something again, I mean, uh, hopefully he has that figured out. Uh, I mean, he, he says he's hundred percent healthy. I think he's gonna have a big time year. And like you said, I mean, if, if he does hit up in that starting lineup some point, I think that means he bounced back in a big way, probably even better than what he was his rookie year. But I, I think he's going to end up being a long-term piece for the season. Cause I think again, he's going to show he's closer to what he was his rookie year. than he was last year. I, I got a feeling last year was a bit of an outlier. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. So, man, we're knocking on the door of an hour. Let's talk about Jaron, and then then we can get out of here. And, you know, so we got first preseason game Tuesday against the Bucks. I'm actually going to be at the forum. I um, I can't wait, man. I, I'm excited to get back in there. And, you know, with the, the regulations and everything that they're, you know, it, it's going to be great because it's not going to be the partial crowd. Like, it's going to be the crowd. Yeah. I know that it's going to be a preseason game. I don't expect that it's going to be like crazy sold out because it's a preseason game, but I feel like the atmosphere is just going to be great. Um, I, I, I'm ready for it. So we, we will not have a post game after Tuesday's game, but we'll get some episodes in and we can get one in another show in before then to finish talking about the rest of the roster. But for me with Jaron Jackson going into this season, and I think we kind of touched on this a little bit on our, our last episode I I just want him on the floor. Like I want him healthy and I want him on the floor. And by being on the floor, that means, you know, the the fouls, getting that under control where he can be out there, be effective on the defensive end and not be off the floor in foul trouble. And I think if you get those two things from him, the rest of it falls in line. I, I think that, you know, I think he's going to shoot the ball well. Um, I talked about it, you know, with my guy Red over on the uh, – the pun intended dynasty basketball podcast, you know, and I mentioned the size and his ability to handle the ball and Kevin Durant. And, and I know we talked about that with, with Zyre Williams, but you know, seven footers that can handle the ball and create their own space, take their guy off the dribble. It's a, it's a rare breed. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, obviously Jaron's not there yet, but he's got all of those tools, man. And it's, this is the year we, we find out. I think this is where the rubber meets the road with him. Yeah, if Jerry doesn't succeed this year, it's going to be 100% on him. I think the organization, if you go back to the JV trade, has made it clear that they're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And you go back to media day, and I thought it was interesting that to a man from, from, from Zach Kleiman to Taylor Jenkins to all his teammates all mention how much they believe in him. And, and he mentioned himself that he knows how much his teammates believe in him and he wants to perform. I mean, he said he was this summer, he got in every open run that he could get in. I mean, I think he, he, you saw at the end of that, in that wrap up press conference that we ran at the end of last season, 
he was ready to go right then. I'm like, he was like, man, I want to want to find a gym right now so I can get in it. So I think he's put in the work this offseason. Again, I think the biggest question mark for him is going back on the floor is the foul thing and being healthy. He has to stay on the floor. We've just seen him, uh, the, the fouls and not being able to stay on the floor. This team's going to need him to be on the floor. And I think, I think he's the biggest key to what this team is this season. Uh, we talked about is this team, you lose JB, you lose Grayson Allen, some of your main pieces. Is this kind of a step back season for this team to move forward in the future? I think if Jaron is consistently the Jaron that we saw, especially the, his rookie year and, and right before the bubble, if he's that guy, this team, I think, could possibly be even a little bit better than they were last season. But if he's kind of not sure of himself and, and, and kind of some more of what we saw at the end of the last end of last season, when he's coming back, I think this team is going to take a step back. And I think you at that point would have to question, is he the guy that you want to invest long-term in? Because uh, he's going to take big-time money. But I personally think that he's going to have a big-time year. I think, again, him and Ja have, 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 have a, a chemistry um, and if he's healthy and he can stay on the floor, I mean, just you like you said, you just don't see guys at his size that can move the way he can, that can can dribble the basketball. I mean, he can do it all. But he shoot threes, he can go inside, he can go outside. Uh, looks like he's put on even even more muscle. I mean, he's big, uh, but can can move long and length. He can block shots. I mean, he's a like a unicorn, like they like to call him. And if if he could just put it all together consistently. And and I hate to say this because I I, I know I, you know how much I believe in Ja and I feel like Ja could be a top five top ten player in this league and I kind of we kind of talked about this on the last podcast but I actually think that Jaron at his ceiling could even be better than what what I believe Ja could be and that's just simply due because of his size I mean you just mm-hmm. don't see guys at that size that, with that skill set you talk about Kevin Durant and he could be that if he reaches that ceiling and I know that's insane I'm not saying that he's going to be Kevin Durant. I know people go be like, blah, 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 all that, but I, I just <laughs> yeah, think he could, yeah, if he reaches his ceiling, man, he could be a, a top five player in this league as well. I think he has that type of potential. I think we have two guys on this roster that could be top five, top ten players in the league, multiple time All-Stars, no no doubt about it. It's just being healthy uh, and cut down on the fouls and just put it all together. Uh, but but I, again, I think if he doesn't succeed this season, it'll be solely on him. It's not going to be because he didn't have the opportunity because I think the franchise is giving him the keys, man, and they, they, they're they going to open this up for him, and he's going to have shots. It's going to be – they're going to build this thing around him and Ja, and he's going to have every opportunity to succeed. And, again, I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, man, I, I think that uh, it, it's – I'm trying to get the best way to say it, but, I mean, I, I think you nailed it, honestly. Like, he – if he does not succeed, it's not going to be from lack of opportunities. Like it, it, definitely not. They're gonna they're gonna put him in a good spot. They're gonna set him up for success, and where that goes for him is going to be up to Jaron. So it's uh it's going to be a fun year. You know, we, we talked about on the last episode. Isaac is a little more optimistic than I am, and, and <laughs> I just what did I say forty five wins. I think I said yeah, 45. yeah, yeah. And and I was I was just below that. I, I had him right at uh, right at five hundred, so you know not far behind you. But we, we'll see. You know, if we get steps, you know, Desmond Bain has a step forward. Dylan Brooks has a step forward. Jaron comes out, and he yeah, he that's what I said. A lot of that, they, yeah, yeah, a lot of it has like, to do with my belief in Jaron. Is why why I'm going forty five wins. I just think he's going to have a, a monster year, and if he does. I think this team's going to be really, really good. Yeah, it's I'm going to be there every step of the way, man. Watching every game, 
whether they win 30 games this season or if they win 60, yeah, I'm going to be there and, and rooting for them hard for all of them, man. So we are going to get out of here, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. This is apparently it's national podcast day. I can't keep up with all this <laughs> stuff, man. I don't know what all these days are. I got nothing, but if you like the show, you're enjoying what you're listening to go down and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out as we get geared up to move into the season. It's really going to help people find us. So you guys subscribing to the show, leaving the five-star reviews that that's what puts us to the top. When people search for Grizzlies podcast, you do that for us. We, we appreciate it. We kind of tease a little bit of a giveaway, I'm still trying to work out the details on that. So I've got to hold up the gentleman that I was working on that with actually got COVID. So uh, oh, we're man. on a, we're on a, a, you know, waiting on that to let him kind of bounce back. He is doing well. Um, we're just kind of finishing up his quarantine. And then I will let you guys know what that giveaway is going to be. Our sponsors, man, we didn't even talk about them all show. We'll talk about them now again. And then we'll let Isaac get us out here. MyBookie.ag, they're doing the odds boost at the beginning of all the seasons. They've done college football. They've done NFL. The The NFL, it, it was the Bucks cowboys game, and all somebody had to do was score a point, and you won the bet. They're going to have stuff for basketball. Go over to MyBookie.ag. It's the best online sports book out there. More lines and better odds for the player than any other site. Use our promo code HOOPBALL. And they will match your initial deposit 50% up to $1,000. Go check them out. Let them know that we sent you. And get in. Even if you don't spend any more money than just doing the odds boost, you can make four or $500 a year easy just playing the odds boost, man. And that's it's, it's free money. So you can get me on Twitter at DWill2111, and I'll let Isaac get us out of here. Yeah, man. Real quickly, man. I did want to mention this one tidbit from from Media Day that I, I was kind of surprised and I wasn't aware of this. Uh, Kyle Anderson kind of talked about his shoulder injury, and as, as far as I knew, he was completely over it. But he says that like he's still dealing with that, and it's basically it's like a pain tolerance thing that he's just gonna have to have to deal with. And, and I didn't realize he was still dealing with any of that. I thought he was still one hundred percent recovered from that. But he kind of revealed that that's just something that he's probably gonna have to deal with possibly for the rest of his career. So I thought that was an interesting tidbit. I was kind of surprised that nobody kind of highlighted that. But, yeah, man, uh, thanks for everybody for, for tuning in today, man. We're excited, man, right around the corner. Preseason games start next week, so we're definitely going to be in here breaking those down, talking about that. Um, and it's going to be an exciting season. I'm excited about it. But, again, like you said, David, you can get David on Twitter at dwill 2111 Find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Definitely get go over to Ed Hoopball with us to follow. You can find the podcast there as well. And, and next Tuesday, we're taking on the book. Should be fun. Uh, we'll get a joke in sometime next week. And until next time, we're gone. This has been a Hoopball presentation.